Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. And welcome in to another episode of Farm to Fame. I am Kelsey Winger. Who you do not see is Peter Moylan, Peter Moylan, who's currently in Fiji. Okay. Um, and that is our captain. Oh, our captain, Maddie Mass. Peter is um, on his way to start the Melbourne Aces season, which I'm excited to dive into a little bit. He, if you have been living under a rock, he manages the Aces. And Maddie uh, sitting in Fiji right now on a on a layover. Freaking yeah, Peter. jealous. Freaking Peter. Well, we'll run through this episode pretty quickly. We kind of have a lot of stuff we're going to get to. We'll recap the season very quickly. Talk about how good the Astros are. Um, free agency starts on Thursday at uh, 5 p.m. Eastern. So we'll run through some of the top free agents um, that we'll see this offseason. There have also been some guys just this past week who um, their options have been picked up um, that will kind of run through that list as well. Uh, there's a free agent coming out of the MPP NPB in Japan um, that you guys really, really should know a little bit about before free agency starts on Thursday because he declared international free agency. So Thursday he'll be able to negotiate um, with any teams and, um, I thought we might remind you guys of the role changes we have coming up in, in 23 because baseball is going to look a little bit different, Maddie. But um, the Astros, one of the best teams in baseball, who we said all season long, Dodgers and Astros beat the Phillies in, in the World Series, kind of like we expected. Um, man, they're they're so, so complete and good. Yeah, no, they are they're on an unstoppable force, it seems like at times. And I know on Talking Baseball, they just said they, they already released uh, a conversation about can anybody in the AL even compete with them in 2023? So I, I agree with their consensus consensus of probably no, but yeah. it's just it feels like I've said this to a couple people. It, it feels like the Eastern Conference LeBron as mm-hmm. of recent, where it wasn't uh, if LeBron would make the finals, it was if he would beat the team in the West in the finals. And that just feels the same with the Astros. It's a matter of not making the World Series, but if they can beat the NL team that so happens to make it there with them. So the teams that you heard to potentially compete with them next season were the Mariners and the Blue Jays. Trev kind of laid into the Yankees a little bit saying um, he thinks it's going to be a rough few years for the Yankees. We'll talk about obviously Aaron Judge being arguably the top, not arguably, the top free agent um, in this class this year. But um, what do you, where do you stand with the Yankees right now? I am happy Trev said what he said. Um, you know, I, I think that if 
in the event they don't bring back judge. And uh, I think that's a possibility. Um, They're not looking good. I, somebody asked me recently who, who doesn't follow baseball as much and said, how close are the Yankees to the Astros? Um, I, I think I said, I think that they're four to five moves away. Um, And those aren't, picking up a middle reliever moves. Those are go and sign Trey Turner moves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And given that if in the event they lose judge in the event, they keep judge regardless. I I don't know. They would have to make so many more moves than just that. I think to even come close at this point. Do you think, so say they lose judge and, and I mean, it's the Yankees, you know, they're going to go out. They're not going to, go quietly this off season um who you mentioned Trey Turner but I mean who who is somebody who are the signings if they don't bring judge back you say four to five signings is there anybody specifically um that you think that they need to go out there and get just assuming judge isn't back no I don't think it's there there's nobody specific um that that comes to mind um i I would say Rizzo and Judge have to be back. Um, and then Dan Rourke, company man Dan Rourke, um, is of the opinion that it's it's Glaber's time to go and get traded. Completely okay with that move. Um, so whatever Glaber can bring back, plus Judge, Rizzo, Trey Turner, it, the list seems quite large to pull off in one off season, especially when prior off seasons have maybe been a little bit quieter outside of the Garrett Cole signing. And that was the only signing of that off season. Um, yeah. Than what they've been doing as of recent, but we shall see. Keep my fingers crossed. So the AL still runs from through the Astros. I mean, there was a tweet that I saw um, players who were 25 and, and under on the Astros. You have Hunter Brown, Jeremy Pena, who won freaking ALCS MVP, World Series MVP, a gold glove, probably would have won Rookie of the Year had those votes not have already been casted. Uh, Brian Abreu, Luis Garcia, who we talked about a ton last year, Christian Avier, Jordan Alvarez, one of the best hitters in baseball, Kyle, T- Kyle Tucker, Jose Urquidy, all 25 and under for the Astros. Um, would you call people were hesitant to use the word dynasty when it came to Astros, because to be a dynasty, you have to win multiple championships. Well, now they've done that in 17 and and 22. Do you consider the Astros a dynasty at this point? Mm. World series in four of the last six years made it to the ALCS. The last six seasons, the AL literally Houston. Yeah. They are an AL dynasty. I think. Um, I would not say that they are a dynasty. I don't think that anybody refers to LeBron's Eastern Conference run as a dynasty. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Eastern Conference run, meaning when he was past the Heat. I think the Heat is referred to as a dynasty. Mm -hmm. Once he rejoined the Cavs and went on to take the Warriors, he made a lot of finals and didn't win a lot of rings. Um, So... To me, a dynasty is actually winning the rings in more consecutive years. Um, but 
they are as close to a dynasty, in my opinion, as you can be without actually being one. What is your thought? It's, I just, I, I, this whole, first of all, I said the Astros in six and that's what happened. Um, I think the Astros needed this world series more than anything. Um, Mm -hmm. I think this is what's going to get people off of their back. And I think that what's going to make them a dynasty is them probably being in the CS next year and the year after that. I mean, this team is set up for long, long long-term success. They're not really losing anybody to free agency outside of potentially Justin Verlander, who still has, I believe a $25 million option that he can opt into yet. That um, hasn't been announced if he's going to do that or not yet. I'll be curious to see what he does there. But even if you lose Justin Verlander, who's going to win the Cy Young in the AL this year, um, your pitching depth is so stupid that you, it's not that you won't feel that loss, but you can sustain that loss. Um, so the Astros, what they're set up to do um, is just is is going it could become a dynasty uh, very soon here. And then when you look at the NL, you have the Braves. Um, we'll see what the Mets do this year. Jacob deGrom opted out of his um, out of his. I believe it was a thirty two point five million dollar option. Uh Cardinals, I think, had a really special season. The NL Central is just kind of um, not obviously the, the weak lake in in the NL, but of course you have the Dodgers. Um, we'll see what the Padres look like next year when you have Tatis and Soto in that same lineup. But um, you know the the NL is a little bit more open than the AL. It definitely runs through the Astros. Um, but when we look when we look at the top free agents. Um, in 2022 there's been 140 free agents so far teams are able to negotiate exclusively with the players on their team through thursday at 5 p.m eastern so this episode comes out wednesday the next day thursday as of 5 p.m um free agency truly begins um so some of the top names i'll run through quickly and then we can kind of discuss them uh, and the teams who have the most free agents I thought was interesting the Braves the Dodgers the Mets and the Yankees um those are the teams who can be losing the most guys on their current 26 man but you have um Aaron Judge our, he's the top free agent of of this class Jacob deGrom opted out of that 32.5 million dollar option Trey Turner Carlos Correa, Xander Bogart, Stansby Swanson. We've talked so much about the shortstop free agent class. Justin Verlander has the $25 million option. We'll see what he does there. Um, Carlos Radon, Chris Bassett declined his $19 million mutual option. Brandon Nimmo with the Mets. You've heard some ties with him to uh, your Colorado Rockies, Matty. Yep. Um, just announced minutes ago that Zach Eflin declined his $15 million option with the Phillies. Um, and then a guy that I want to dive into a little bit deeper um, after we run through those is, and I don't know if I'm saying this right, Kode Senga um, from the MPB, who we said filed for international free agency. That's an all-star right-handed pitcher who won an Olympic gold medal with Japan last year. He's won a triple crown in 2020 in the MPB, um, and he is free to start negotiating contract terms with clubs starting Thursday as well. Um, but if we run through this list fairly quickly, I know before when it came to Aaron Judge, I think you said, I'm trying to do 65-25 that he was back. 
Is that what you said? And now that's changed 70, 30. That was like a few weeks ago. Yeah. I think I said 70, 30 as of once they got knocked out of the ALCS. Um, Where are you now? I don't know. It, 65 35 because i just feel worse than i did before but so i, I did the math that. wrong i, <laughs> I think was so. trying to do the 65 yeah. 65 plus 25 eight nine, nine yeah. that's nine yeah <laughs> that might be how though. i feel though <laughs> that might be how i feel i could the other 10 percent. i don't know so <sighs> call it 65 25 65 35 whatever but I, I, all I know is I feel worse than last time, despite the fact that I knew they wouldn't reach a deal by now, but yeah. I'll just progressively feel worse until it's 2560. So, so, uh, Jacob deGrom who opted out of that $32.5 million option with the Mets, it's hard to see Steve Cohen letting him walk, but the injury history is, um, is interesting to look back on the money that he's going to demand obviously isn't a, isn't an issue for uncle Stevie there. We saw what he just yeah. did to Edwin Diaz, but um, Jacob deGrom is going to be, it sucks that this season was so injury riddled because had it not been, had he had had a Jacob deGrom like year, and we're still going to see record breaking money for deGrom, but man, can you imagine the type of money we would have seen being thrown at him. Can I ask a question? No. Good. <laughs> when we're saying we didn't see a Jacob deGrom type year. See, now I guess 2020 factors in a little bit. I don't know the normal amount of starts for a pitcher in 2020. Last three years, though, we're looking at 12, 15 and 11 starts. That's looking more and more like Jacob deGrom to me. Yeah, I mean, that's – he made three consecutive seasons, 17, 18, 19, with over 30 starts. And, and then won the Cy Young in the last two of mm -hmm. those. And like you just said, 12 starts in 2020, which let's just assume that that was a full season in 2020 because we don't know what, what the COVID year was off the top well. of our head. Obviously, I can't do math. 65, Garrett Cole 25. pitched a full season then, and he also had 12 starts. So. Okay, so full season in 2020 for Jacob deGrom. So we'll give him 17, 18, 19, 20 were Jacob deGrom's best pitcher in baseball. 2021, yeah, gosh, 2021, a 1.08 ERA, only 15 starts. So it was an incredible year, but injury riddled again. Um, and then 2022, we only saw 11 starts from him, uh, pitched to a 308 ERA, um, which obviously is, you know, the numbers are there, but not the not the number of starts. Um, he only threw 64 innings pitched. He hasn't thrown 100 innings pitched. He didn't. He threw 92 innings pitched in 21, uh, 64 in 22. Um, but man, could you imagine had he hit free agency after 2020? Compared to hitting free agency now, not that he's still yep. not going to command um, insane numbers. He's his stuff still makes him the best pitcher in baseball, but the health is definitely a concern. So I'm curious what Steve Cohen does there. But if um, I would be very surprised, I think not for him to be back with the Mets, especially if you're going to pay Diaz 
the most absorbent, exorbitant amount I've ever seen. You have to factor in Degrom before you go and dish yeah. that out. So, and Chris Bassett opted out as well. Um, and what's interesting is the the starting pitcher class this year has some has some big names in it. You have your Degroms, you have your Verlander, um, who's you know people are going to have their opinions about his age and and what he's capable of doing, but obviously want to will win a Cy Young this year. Um, Carlos Rodon will be a name we hear a lot. Uh, Zach Eflin, curious to see what kind of money um, he commands, what he gets. Um, Chris Bassett, but if if Degrom's gone and Bassett's gone for the Mets. Who can the Mets even sign or trade for um, that will fill? How how big is the hole Jacob Degrom would leave at this point with the injuries? It's one of those where you need him in the playoffs, so. As long as he's healthy for the playoffs, maybe you just don't care as much. Um, and given that, it would be a huge miss not to have him pitching one every four games um, in the postseason. So it's a bit that would be that would create a big hole, and it's a hole that I just can't see Steve Cohen letting letting that form. Um, I want to see what teams that he's been linked to so he has been linked to the braves <laughs> would that be something um the braves the dodgers the red Sox, the mets um none of those are surprising but i i i could see him going to the braves if liberty media weren't the ownership of the Atlanta Braves. You don't really, I mean, you saw them lock up Boston Riley to the most lucrative contract in franchise history, but um, I don't know if they'd shell out that money in free agency. We haven't really seen them do it in the past, but man, wouldn't that be something? Um, do you yeah. want to run down this list? I'll say the name and you say stay or leave. If he'll, if the person okay. will stay with the team, I think we're very name. well. I think we're early to be predicting teams. If you want okay. to predict a team, by all means, go ahead. I think we're early. I think that okay. would put a lot of pressure on. Okay, but well, then we both leave. vote stay or leave. Okay. All right, Aaron Judge, leave. Stay. Jacob Degrom, stay. Stay. Trey Turner, leave. Leave. Do you have any lean where? Braves. Okay. I could see the Braves and the Dodgers doing a shortstop switcheroo. I have a hard time seeing mm. Dansby in California, but mm -hmm. I don't think the Braves are going to pay. Dansby just came off of a career year, and I don't think the Braves believe he can duplicate it enough to pay him the money that he think that he's going to get this right. season. And I think it spoke volumes this season that they signed every single guy on that roster to an extension outside of Dansby Swanson. Next. The only other thing I'll say there, he has played second base in his rookie season. 
and center field. Oh, and second season. It's been a while though. I guess he played a little second base with the Dodgers last year as well. Assumingly he can. Yeah. He could, he could move. Um, Carlos. What was your vote for Trey? Leave. Okay. Carlos Correa. Stay. I'm going to say leave. Okay. Because he opted out, right? Yeah. It, I. The Twins I want him he, back, though. I think he just wants to see how much more money he can get. That but yeah, he crazy. opted out of a $35.1 million option. See, now in my mind, he opted out so that he could go and join a team he thinks has a better chance at winning at the price of a few million. I didn't mm-hmm. realize he was going for more millions. If that's he the shops case, at that's Dior, crazy. Baby. He shops big. If you want it, go get it. Uh, Xander Bogarts. He opted out of a three-year, $60 million contract, which I thought was interesting. I think he leaves. I think that he stays. I just can't see him anywhere else. Yeah. Verlander. So I think, and this is us not knowing what he's going to do with that $25 million option, which I think he get a little bit more this year. It'll be interesting if he sign if he tries to get a longer deal somewhere else, but I ultimately see him staying in Houston. I think he opts out and stays. He had a hell of a year. So yeah. I think that he'll he'll try to cash in on more years and bigger than 25. Uh Dansby. Leave. Yeah, I think so too. I think you hit the nail on the head uh with the Braves thought process. Uh Carlos Rodon. Leaves. Leave. I just don't see him tied to the Giants for anything. Yeah. Chris Bassett. Stay. I think he's back with the Mets. He declined a $19 million option, but I I think that he can just get more money, but I think he's back with the Mets. I think stay as well. Um, Nimmo? That's a tough one. Um, I'm just going to say he leaves. I'm also going to say that he leaves. And then Zach Eflin. Declined $15 million option literally today. Um, I think he stays. But they did just pick up Aaron Nola's option today or yesterday as well. So they have Nola coming back. I just think that team, like, loves each other. Like, I think the the band's going to want to stay together. But, no, I think he leaves. I think that he leaves because he hasn't started a game since – June before it looks like he got injured and he hasn't started a game since coming back from injury. The Phillies used him as a reliever the rest of the way. Um, So I'm assuming he wants to try to get back out as a starter. Mm -hmm. So start somewhere new with that. I don't know. And then the last guy is Senga. So that's obviously a not a stay leave situation. I have no lean on where he could land. Yeah, and this is a guy that um, that I just sent out a tweet about. This is a guy, Kodai, and I'm probably saying that wrong, Kodai Senga is a name. When we're talking about free agency this year, 
that you need to keep your eyes on. He's a starting pitcher out of the MPB. He's 29 years old. He's uh, he started in that league when he was 19. So he's played 11 seasons in Japan. Um, he's been one of the top pitchers in the league over that entire time. He has a career 242 ERA, a career record of 104 and 51. Um, he has a no hitter. He won the triple crown in 2020 where he had 11 wins. He had a 216 ERA, 149 strikeouts. He won a gold medal last year in the Olympics with Japan. Um, he's a three-time all-star in the MPB. Um, he's won the Japanese series championship five different times. Um, and when you, you can see what it says there about his arsenal, Matt, he has a mid to night, mid to high 90 mile, 90 mile per hour fastball. He hit 101.9 miles per hour this year. He can touch a hundred. I think people are going to really like that velocity. It took a big uptick this year, this past year in 2020. Um, his signature pitch is called a ghost fork. Um, it, it looks a lot like a splitter, um, but this is a guy who a lot of teams are going to be interested in. And he's going to um, I think he's going to be linked to a lot of different teams uh, because he just came off of his best season ever in 2022, where he pitched to a sub two ERA, a 194, 11, six record. He struck out 159 batters. So he when we talk about him winning the Triple Crown in 2020, he pitched to a significantly better season this past year, um, so, but didn't win the Triple Crown. Um, but this is a guy who we, we haven't heard a ton about just yet. Um, and there's questions on he's been a starting pitcher in Japan. There's questions if he'll turn into a high leverage reliever and in, um, in MLB. Um, but it'll be very interesting to see the attention that he garners, the money that he gets. I, I still kind of, and I wish Peter was here for this episode because I still, I still have a hard time kind of grasping the concept of like the posting, whether the posting fee, whatever it is, the, the money involved when, when you become an international free agent. Um, but you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how, how his free agency shakes out. Yeah, um, this is an interesting one, I guess, because of age. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a posting fee expert either, um, but I believe that if you play a certain amount of time and don't opt out of your Japan contract, I don't. Do you still need? Oh, to I think you're right. Fee? I think you're so, right. I'm not sure if he's. I mean, 11 years seems like a pretty long time, so I'm not sure yeah. if he's hit that mark where. The posting fee is no longer in play. Um, so. Okay. So here's. Um, I'm trying to look it up, although I think this article is dated, um, but. Hold on. Okay. Players from Japan's top league, the MPB, who do not have the requisite of nine years of professional experience to gain international free agency can request to be posted for major league clubs. So you're right. So it sounds like he will not have any sort of posting fee and he is just an international free agent and free to sign with whoever he wants with no ramifications um, to any of the parties involved. 
Good job, Maddie. So I'm curious, um, being on the little bit of the older stage because he waited all that time out. Um, I, I think that that will play into his contract. I don't think it's going to be an absolutely massive one, um, having him at 29. But I'm very curious. I, I think that the high leverage reliever might be the best spot, but very curious of where he'll land. I is there a way because I don't see it on baseball reference like what's the money like in MPB um it said 600 million but then it said yen <laughs> like, wait, uh, and that's five that's equivalent to 5.3 million dollars so in 2022 and this is just me being curious about how the money compares from the MPB to MLB right. um in 2022, he made 5.3 million. I want to know what he's made in his over an 11 year career. Um, how much has he made? Um, but it's not on baseball reference where you can normally go down to salaries to look it up. But so anyway, no might be a little bit feed. tricky. Yeah, no posting fee, which I think will play positively. The age might play a little bit negatively. Another guy, um, which you hadn't had in this PowerPoint, but I know is a name that's gotten tossed around a little bit, is Masataka Yoshida, another 29-year-old mm -hmm. from Japan. And he has only played seven years in the NPB, so and requested to come to MLB this offseason. So... That's somebody that's going to have to deal with that posting fee. Mm -hmm. um, but I mean, he's a 335 batting average, 1.008 OPS. 21. Over his career or this past no, season? This past season, 21 home runs. Um, over the past seven years, career, 327 batting average, 960 OPS. And 133 wow. homers in seven seasons. So uh, a big bat, and I believe that he's a lefty as well. Yeah, a lefty and or just a for, hitter. For reference, it looks like in the MPB, they play 143 games a season, either 143 or 146. So a little bit shorter than MLB, yep. which could equate to some of those numbers, but... Um, yeah, he played 119 games for 21 homers, 335, 1.0 OPS. So 88 RBIs. Um, so on the hitting standpoint, I think that everybody should familiarize themselves with Masataka Yoshida. And then on the pitching side of things, Kodai Senga is probably a name to uh, familiarize yourself with. Yeah. Now on the terms or, or in the realm of sports betting, you're probably going to want to familiarize yourself with DraftKings, NBA fans. The NBA action is just getting started. And so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA pregame Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, total points scored, and more. Uh, I've said it this past week. 
Jalen Brunson is who you should be betting on. Get him to seven plus rebounds and 20 plus points. The odds are going to be good there. Wrap that up, send that out, make yourself some money because with bigger payouts than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is where I go to bet on the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code JOHNBOY. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code JOHNBOY. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Well done. Okay, so some of, and there have been other, um, there have been other guys who have been, when I say locked up, I mean, they've, they've either opted in or the club has opted in to a club option or a mutual option or a player option, whatever it would be. But these are some of the bigger names or, and some of the more recent names that have happened in the past couple of days um, who are sticking with the team that they were with this past season. The biggest one probably being Nolan Arenado. Um, that news broke like last week um, with the Cardinals. He opted in on that five-year, $144 million um, option. I believe the Rockies are still responsible for some of that salary because he's going to be the second highest paid player as of right now on the Rockies payroll next season, second to Chris Bryant. Um, so Nolan Arenado sticking with the Cardinals. You have Aaron Nola. Um, the Phillies picked up his $18 million option. Um, Luis Severino with the Yankees, Maddie, they picked up his $15 million option. Was that expected? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. Um Sonny Gray, the Twins are expected to pick up his $12.5 million option. Edwin Diaz, we talked about it. The Mets re-signed him, locked him up to that five-year $102 million contract. That's the highest paid relief pitcher in all ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, the Mets, we know that they're not scared to, um, to spend money and went out there and made that happen immediately. Um, the White Sox are expected to pick up Tim Anderson's $12.5 million option, which I think is the best move for all parties involved with the depth of this um, shortstop free agent class. Tim Anderson will probably fall five out of five on that list, um, although he's obviously a great player. Um, and then a smaller move, but what recently happened, Daniel Vogelbach, the Mets are expected to pick up his $1.5 million option. So those are some guys who could have become free agents and or possibly and did not um anything you want to add there maddie the edwin diaz thing blows me away i don't know if it yeah. blows you away but How that's that's crazy How but well deserved good for diaz. him um i mean oh, after he was this born in 94 so he's i was born in 92 and i'm 30 so he's 28 yeah, picking him up in his prime, which is good on the Mets part, and uh, 1.31 ERA with uh, – I'm not going to find – In 61 games. He pitched in 61 games and has a 1.31 ERA. With a 17.1 strikeout per nine, which call it what it is for relievers, but that's pretty crazy too. And you look at starting in 2016 – um. These are his ERAs. In 2016, a 279. 2017, a 327. 
2018, a 196, all of those seasons coming with the Mariners. Uh, kind of forgot he was a Mariner. 2019 was his worst season of his career, his first year with the Mets, a 559 ERA. Um, in 2018, he pitched in 73 games. Um, in 2018, he also came in eighth for the AL Cy Young, which is... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he had 57 saves. He had 57 saves in 2018 for the Mariners and 61 opportunities. 57 saves. Wow. Um, and 2020 with the Mets, a 175 ERA. 2021, um, a 345, and this past year, his best season of his of his career ERA wise, a 131. But man, 57 out of 61 save opportunities in 2018. Um, yeah, good stuff. Five years, 102 million dollar. Um, and you know what they were talking about on Talking Baseball. Um, just how different the game is going to look next year. Um, what the limits on defensive shifts is going to do for a lot of pitchers around the league who are primarily ground ball pitchers. Um, it made me start thinking of the Rockies, the, the Rockies, they want ground ball pitchers. They don't want pitchers who are going to let the ball get up in the air because the ball flies at, at court. So it'll be interesting just being the reporter for the Rockies kind of, um, what that does to our pitching staff. But when you, a reminder of the rule changes, which we've already run through here before the pitch timer. And the thing that I like about the pitch timer is when, when I talked to a lot of, um, the guys who were quad a guys as they were up between triple a and the big leagues, the whole season, um, especially on the, the hitting side of things, they kind of liked the pitch timer. They said, um, and you could notice it in there at bats. So you didn't see them stepping out of the box. I mean, they, they were immediately getting right back into it um, and ready to hit. And they said they kind of liked it because it, it helped them not to really uh, think as much, um, get in their heads too much. You, but the one thing that they did say is they would like for the pitch clock to be extended by two seconds. Um, they thought that it was a little too short, although the concept was working, shortened the game by 26 minutes on average. Um, and they did that. They they added about two seconds um, to the pitch timer, whether it's bases empty, whether there are runners on. Um, so it's a 30 second timer between batters, 15 second timer with the bases empty, a 20 second timer with runners on base. Obviously, if the pitchers violate, it's an automatic ball. If the hitters violate, it's an automatic strike. Um, so that'll be, I think it's going to be, that's going to be well-received. We know about the limits on defensive shifts. Um, and you have to have a minimum of four players on the infield um, with at least two infielders completely on either side of second base and the bigger bases um, is kind of like my least, woo, Role change next year. The base is going from 15 to 18 inches. But yeah, the game will look a little bit different next year. Um, and it will be interesting to see how it affects guys who are more ground ball um pitchers. But those are the rule changes that we'll be paying attention to next year. We normally go to Aussie Lingo here, but with no no Pete, we'll just throw it to this Blitzball Battle 2 trailer. 
Okay, trailer played. That was that was so cool to watch. I can't believe it. Um, no, but for real, for real. If you haven't watched any of the Blitzball productions that John Boy Media does, these are high. I'm not kidding you. These are high level productions. I mean the the work on the production side that goes into these. I almost think people aren't expecting. Um, but there is, I mean, they have a full broadcast crew, Chris Rose <laughs> play by play. I mean, it's, it's very impressive. Um, the ways that they have Im- even improved it since our first Blitzball battle and, uh, no more baseball. I know Casey and I sat down on the couch last night and we were like, well, what literally, what did we turn on the TV right now? We don't have baseball to watch. Um, so check, just check out one of those games. Um, probably, Check out one with team baggage or with Ploofy's team um, because those get those get really entertaining. But um, yeah, Ozzy Lingo is Peter's Peter's leaving us, leaving the country, and he's going to be in Australia through February um, managing the Melbourne Aces. So we're all back to being Melbourne Aces fans as Peter Moylan is sipping a Mai Tai. He's staying at a bougie hotel. He only has like 15 hours in Fiji, but they still put him up at a bougie beachside hotel um for this layover but he'll be back with us next week um i think but yeah he'll be we'll be fighting a bit of a time difference for the next five months uh but pita is officially in australia folks so sending him the best of luck he's had a long he flew from atlanta to la to fiji and then uh to australia so he has a long 48 hours of travel, but, um, yeah, I think he said, a, a 30 hours of traveling total crazy. for him, but the plane, he was posting stuff on his story from this, from the flight to Fiji. Like that boy was eating five-star meals. He got one of those seats that you can like fully stretch your legs out in. Um, he's fine. Peter's yeah. fine. <laughs> he's fine. All but, good. Um, but yeah, free agency season's over. Hard to believe, but free agency starts Thursday. We'll have plenty to talk about with that. Um, we'll have plenty to talk about with the Arizona Fall League that's starting to wrap up. The um, home run derby just happened. The All Star Game. Um, so we'll be able to keep you guys up on some of that as the soft season comes into comes into full swing, folks. But uh, free agency this should be an entertaining one this year. Maddie, good job. Good job to you. All right, guys, thank you so much for sticking with us today. Maddie and I had to had to um, sail the ship together without without our funny Australian accent. But uh, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Hope you learned something about free agency today. We love you. Peter's back next week. Farm on, farm often. We will see you next Wednesday.